This week's podcast brought to you by Trow Dropping Santas. Last night I was in a parking lot before I was going in to pick up some dinner and I was on the phone. So I was staying in the parking lot. I was on the phone with a college coach um, and did not want to interrupt the call. And as I was sitting there in the parking lot, people in the car next to me came, got into their car, and uh, I realized after a while that they were staring at me. So I looked over at them while I was on the phone and they wanted me to roll down my window in the rain. And uh, I kind of pointed at the phone and said, I'm on the phone. And so they sat there and waited and waited. And I pointed at the phone again and said, mouth, I'm sorry, I'm on the phone. And then they started to pull away, but didn't keep going and waited and waited. It ended up being a long call. So to the people who were waiting for me in the parking lot, I'm sorry that I didn't get off the phone to talk to you, but it was kind of an important call. And would you please return the wedding ring that you found in the parking lot that you were trying to get back to Rebecca? (laughs) Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, a very pleasant good evening to you, wherever you may be, or whenever you may be. I'm I'm paraphrasing Vin Scully here for those who. I especially like it since it's not even evening here. It's not evening it's, here. We're, it's I guess right now it would be evening in uh, in Europe. Yes, and it's also well, it's it's dark here. We're in the basement. The shades are down. The lights are off. It's a cruddy day. It's a rainy day. Cold. It's, it's not good. It's it's sort of prime seasonal affective disorder time, don't yeah. you think? And I shouldn't say it's a cruddy day. The weather is cruddy. That doesn't make it, of course. A cruddy day. I'm going to speak a good day into existence. Absolutely. And it's, it is the festive season, the season of melting meats. And according to that, or in accordance with that, you texted me the other day. You may not remember this, but I wrote it down. You texted me, chicken in the crock pot, cornbread muffins on the knife block. <laughs> and I thought, is she texting me Kenny Chesney lyrics? <laughs> this sounds like a country song, like a sort of modern country song. Even better, it sounds like a hootenanny. It sounds like the Charlie Daniels band. It sounds Something. like the de- it sounds like, or like the start of a, a children's book. Wasn't it in the Devil Went Down to Georgia? Yeah, that's that's exactly. Chicken in the crockpot, picking out dough, muffins yeah. on the knife block, no child no. <laughs> that's exactly what it sounds like. The rest of that text, by the way, was I was also going to make the frozen corn that's in the freezer. Which I think is a good place to keep the frozen right. corn. And frozen corn accompanying cornbread, probably not the uh, the best combination. But I knew you weren't going to reach into the freezer well, I asked and the cook kids, the do you want me anyway. to? Do you want me to nuke this bag of niblets? And they all said no. <laughs> so it's still in there. I would the, have had it. The bag of niblets is still frozen? It is. Frozen bag of niblets. Lovely. One of the signs of this, of this uh, holiday season approaching is our annual... Uh, anticipation of one of our near neighbors, somebody whose house we drive past every day, though we don't know the person. They don't live on our street. They're a few blocks away, but they always put in their yard an inflatable Santa Claus with some kind of a mechanical device that allows Santa to periodically drop his pants. Yes. 
and revealing boxers that say happy holidays or merry on christmas on his tush so his santa is facing his back is facing the street and so when when the trow drop the back of his boxers say happy holidays trow being plural so the trow drop as opposed to the trow drops i don't know well anyway and then on new year's eve there is we all gather around and wait for the the trowel to descend, <laughs> to usher in the new year. It's our, our every single time we drive that way, which is at least once a day, usually more than that. It's our kids' favorite things. They they all they can't place wait to drive past to see if Santa, if his trowel are up or if his trowel are down. And, and in fact, uh, our youngest asked uh, me the other day, do you think his trowel are connected to a sensor so that when people drive by, the trowel drop... <laughs> Did she really? She did. Did you let her know? And that? I said, no, no. It, it can't be because I've driven by it a few times this week and the trowel up. And she said, and I quote, well, maybe it's a kid's sensor. No, that would just be creepy. <laughs> the kid's sensor is creepy, not the fact that there's a huge inflatable Santa dropping trowel. trowel. Whenever a kid goes by, yes, I think that would be Whenever anyone goes rather by, creepy. the whole thing. But it, they do love it. And uh, I think the Santa went up later this year, or perhaps our kids were just eager to see it before it went up. But well, no, it was a there, weird... there was a little bit of a worry that Santa, the inflatable yeah. Santa might not be out this year. Or maybe the people moved. And, and somebody said, uh, th- when that prospect was raised, one of the kids said, um, if, if they ever move, you have to buy the Santa and put it in your yard. I said, I would, of course. I mean, I've never seen one for sale elsewhere. I'm sure somebody will send us a link to a, but I, I, I would and never usurp that guy's that guy's mojo by putting my own inflatable trowel dropping Santa in our yard. Whether he moved or whether he or she moved or they just oh, stopped oh, putting up. Come on. Well, wait, wait, wait. Whether he or she. <laughs> right, true. Whether he, he moved, moved. Yes. Whether he moved or just stop putting up we couldn't take it like part of the joy of it is that it's not in our own house that, but it's uh, it's so it is so by to see it and it is so locally it. iconic and when i say locally i mean just to our kids and maybe right. a handful of oh, probably a lot of passing oh. families have the same reaction but it, it's almost like a bob's bob's big boy statue that if you saw it on american pickers you would you you would want it to have it in your yard even if the mechanics no longer worked right but do you think there's i mean there's got to be plenty of people who drive by and roll their eyes and just hate that santa well, I'm sure there are. Well, no, I don't know. I don't hate that. It's Santa. tethered to the ground. Hate so it is a little away. too strong. But there's probably people who go by and they're like, oh, you know, why like would anyone have that in their yard or something? Not an impeccable taste or something. Yeah. Versus, we just think it's the. I think it's the greatest thing. Greatest of all time. thing ever. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. You, of course, there are because there's always people who see things a little bit differently. Sure, but well, well, do. someday we. Sh- I don't know. It's. I don't want to meet the Wizard of Oz behind Neither that do thing. I. I mean, it would. It might ruin it, but um, we should convey our gratitude we should to at some point at some just point. write it a, a letter and uh, mail it to them we know they're where they live and just tell them how much joy and delight our children and you and i get from their inflate inflatable <laughs> trow dropping santa well th- speaking of inflatable things in the street um we were driving the other day in the center of town you weren't with us but uh um our youngest did say while I was driving, and she always wants me to look. Look at this. Look what I'm drawing. Look what I'm doing. Right. And I look, say, I'm she wants driving. you to look at something in, in the back seat. I can't do yeah. that. Um, but she, so she's now just relating to me things that she sees, narrating the drive. And she said, In the road, I just saw a tan balloon, or maybe it was granny panties. <laughs> 
So <laughs> inflatable, wonder, inflatable underpants. About, what is, does she know about granny panties? I don't know, but inflatable underpants seems to be a, a theme <laughs> right. of of not just this show, but of our town at the holidays. When she writes her version of Stingray Afternoons, she's going to be one chapter will be granny panties or just inflatable underpants in the great green room there was a telephone and a tan balloon <laughs> or was it granny panties and a quiet old lady whispering where are my panties <laughs> oh good night moon just in case anyone out there just thinks you're super creepy it's well, just all those readings well you are but there's also all those readings from uh from good night moon that you're referencing we, right now. we love good night moon it's been a while since we've read it but yeah, well, and a quiet old to. lady whispering hush <laughs> Not only do I know that book from memory, but I can picture all of the pictures in my brain as uh, as you say these things. Well, speaking of knowing things from memory, and, and I hate to uh, keep uh, harping on stuff that the youngest said, but as I say, her mind is is uh, nine year old mind is is on fire with uh, observation and and memorization. She, I, I saw her idly sitting on the couch the other day singing to herself, oh, 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 Zempic. <laughs> and then, segueing instantly in her medley of pharmaceutical commercials, one, two, three, trilogy. Oh, Zempic and trilogy. Like one, two, three, like the Jacksons, one, two, three. Exactly. Yeah. ABC, one, two, three, and oh, 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 it's magic. So I, I wonder if all of her uh, knowledge of 70s music, if she thinks that these pharmaceutical commercials are original compositions. So I said to her, you know, these are based on songs from the 70s. And she says, I know. And then she started singing the Jackson 5 song, which one of her classes had to sing in, in the school uh, concert one year. So she knows. She's hip to that game. How much do you think it costs the pharmaceutical companies to, you know, purchase the rights to that music and jingle or whatever from, you know, whoever owns the Jackson 5's music or uh, or whoever? Like, I wonder what... I mean, they've clearly decided that it was it's worth whatever money they're spending. It's clearly already worth it to, to somebody like our nine-year-old daughter who knows the jingle. But curious what well, the cost of that is. Well, they certainly have the have the money to do it, and and it's not just big pharma. The insidious jingle makers uh, know what they're doing, obviously. And the third song in her in her uh, trilogy medley, if we could call it that, was she sang "Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks." Yeah. And I had to tell her, you know, you know, it used to be Ace is the place with the helpful hardware man, man, right? But that we've brought this into uh, 2019. By the way, I, I'm guessing they didn't have to pay too much to Pilot, uh, who sang "Oh, oh, oh, it's magic," you know, that was their big hit. Obviously, was that their only hit? I, I, to my knowledge, I, I'll have to Google that while we're talking. But um, speaking of Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks, as opposed to man. I was talking to a. Can I just interject yeah, please, that our, please, our local hardware store is uh, Beeman's Hardware Store and run by women? Oh, absolutely! It has for years and years and years, been run by women, and it, it uh, so it is, and they're a true and value hardware in- store. Incredibly so, helpful. Uh, they're phenomenal, they and I a- love the fact that our local hardware store. Anytime I go in there, that it is owned and run by women. I think that's just such a really cool thing. But anyway, continue. Uh, well, what I was going to say was I was talking to a college student in the past week and he was telling me not in any way complaining or in any way even uh, calling attention to it he was just talking about the the phrase 
referring to a, a first-year student, first-year student athlete, a first-year student point guard, say, and, and the, the phrase doesn't roll off the tongue when he's writing it or editing it. And I said, wait a minute, what, what do you mean? And he said, um, you know, we have a policy not to use freshman as a, um, as a term, instead first-year student, and because it's, it's fresh man. It's, it's not fresh, fresh woman or fresh person. Oh, good heavens. Well, I mean, I, so I, what's I the just term? Had, I'm not, I'm not, I just hadn't heard it as all. Okay, what's the term that they do use? First-year student. But that's a problem in itself because oftentimes, especially in sports, you get a transfer and they're a first year there, but they are actually a junior or a senior or a sophomore. Well, I mean, how is that different, though, from a uh, redshirt freshman, redshirt first-year student? Redshirt first-year student. Good heavens, really. That's what they have to Well, use. language is changing. I understand that, but freshman, I mean, a word like that. But again, I'm still from the school I call with my girls team I call it man-to-man defense simply because it's one syllable and woman-to-woman defense or player-to-player is multiple syllables coaches often use guys when they're referring to yeah like to me you know and I understand that language is important and words are very important and their meaning is very important I get all of that but um there are certain situations I don't know that I will ever call it for example anything other than man-to-man defense and on the other hand you know like i remember the minneapolis papers started using the washington football team instead of its that, that team's nickname 20 years ago and it seemed like they were going out of their way to you know call attention to themselves or something but it, it was the right thing to do yeah of course it was but it, you know in this context like a man-to-man defense i don't know that that's offensive to any particular group so Speaking of first-year students, sophomores, are they still sophomores, juniors, and seniors, by the way? Well, are they sure. second year, third Absolutely. year, fourth year? No, no I think still so. That. Okay, so um, anyway, I was covering a game as we record this last uh, yesterday that featured a lot of collegiate athletes, and I was uh, at UConn doing the Notre Dame-UConn game. And when we were at the UConn shoot-around in the morning, and this has been a theme of Coach Oriama's for the last few years, was just, you know, talking about the frustrations of coaching kids these days. And um, one of the things that was interesting that he was talking about, he was just saying, like, kids now do not want you to point out what they need to improve on. They do not want you to tell them, you need to get better at this. They only want to hear what they're good at. I I would say that, have they ever really wanted that? You wanted it. No, but you, yeah, I think it's helpful. I, sure, we, we asked him how that has changed, and he and he said it has changed. That you know, years ago, yes, players they might not have liked the way he particularly delivered it, but they did want to know what they needed to get better at, and that that's just not the case anymore. They they do not want to know that at all. They only want the positive feedback. And so, anyway, so after we were watching Notre Dame shoot around, and then we watched UConn's shoot around. And I went across from Gamble Pavilion into the bookstore, and there's a Starbucks there. Long line. Anyway, I get up to the front. I place my order. I get myself I get myself something and Holly Rowe something. Holly's um, not with me. And I ordered myself an iced coffee with extra room. And Is that a term of art in Starbucks? Do they know what that means? Extra room? Yeah, that means you want That's the way I order my pants. <laughs> Yes, it just means you want to put a little more cream in it than okay. usual. You want a, a little more room, extra room. Yes, I, I use it all the time. Anyway, so the woman, you know, I'm waiting and waiting. The woman gives me my coffee, and I swear to you, she gave me close to three inches 
of room. Extra room? I mean, it was like a ridiculous amount of room. And I just looked at it. And so I said to her, I said, can you just add a little extra coffee? Which, you know, it's not hard. Iced coffee is just in a jug and they pour it in. So can you just give me a little extra coffee? She said, you ordered extra room. I said, I said, yeah, I know. um, But I didn't quite want this much room. Well, this is when people order extra room, this is what we normally give them. And I said, okay, but can you just pour a little extra coffee in? And it just made me think about what Kotoreyama was saying. She, she thought you were correcting her. She like... thought I was telling her she did something wrong because I said, can I have a little bit more coffee? I mean, you, you cannot even believe how sensitive and defensive this college student was because I asked her, and I promise you it was in a very pleasant tone, can I have a little more can I have just a little bit more coffee Please, in sir, here? Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> yes. And um, I just, as I'm walking back towards Gampa Pavilion, you know, Holly's hot coffee, because I forgot to get one of those green spears to put in, as I'm walking, spilling onto my hand, and I'm carrying my cold coffee in the other, it's, it, my brain was just like, this is unbelievable, how that woman just reacted to me, just simply asking for a splash more of coffee. And... You know, after, you know, two hours after Coach Orama was talking about how nobody wants to be told anymore what they need to do to well, get better. It's just unbelievable. That's one of the differences between you and me is uh, you ask for extra room and get three inches of extra room. And you say, could you put a little more coffee in this? If they had handed me an empty cup under those circumstances, I would have thanked them. Right. And walked away. And, and tipped them. <laughs> yes, right. And walked away. And then, backwards out the door. And then made me go back and get you a get you a new coffee. No, I wouldn't have done that. Well, this is another interesting that happened. At least I thought it was interesting. As I mentioned, there's a long line at this Starbucks and it was kind of like a U-shaped line and it was a really tight turn at the U. And there was a woman who was in a rascal scooter and so she couldn't make the tight turn on the U. So when she, um, she just kind of pulled up right to the front of where the line was, she was going to wait her turn, but that's where she had to go in order for her rascal scooter to be able to make the turn. So she already had to make like a five-point turn, but at least she could make it. Could you say Rascal Scooter one more time? What, Rascal Scooter. And, um, that, that's, that's Rascal Scooter is the country artist who sings <laughs> chicken on the knife block, cornbread in the cock, crock exactly. pot. Exactly. And um, so like I said, not this line was long. I'd say there's 15 or 20 people in the line, and it was moving extraordinarily slow because there's one person filling the orders and one person taking the orders. So anyway, so I was second in line. And then the woman came up in her rascal scooter. And the Country girl, superstar. the girl in front of me said to the woman, she said, do you want to just go ahead? And, uh, and the woman said, are you sure? And the girl in front of me said, you know, yeah, go ahead. And the woman is in a wheelchair. So, of course, it was the right thing to do. But it got me thinking because I turn and I see 15 faces behind me of people like some of them observing what's going on and some of them not. And. Does a person at the front of a line have the right to let someone cut? Because essentially you're making the decision for 15 other people that are behind you that it's okay to let somebody go in front. I, in I, this I, situation, it's different. I, I get would, it. I would say they, somebody... have the, they have the right to give back seats but not front seats. <laughs> it was just, it was, you know, I think it was the right thing to do, but in this circumstance, but in other situations... You know, do you take a poll of the line? Do you say, how many of you are are okay with me giving cuts to this person? How many are not? And let the, will the eyes have it? Did, like it was just, I, I just had a lot of things going through my brain before my college student got upset because I asked for a splash what, more of coffee. Did you call it front seas and back seas when you were in school? Um, I think so. I mean, back seas, what an arrogant concept that was. 
you can't cut in front of me, but you can <laughs> right. you can get in line behind me, in front of the person behind me. But think about it. That was that's us. the equivalent. That was the grade school equivalent of reclining your seat on the airplane. True. True. And, and that like that's when we were kids. And, you know, now people of our generation are our age. And that's pretty much how the world is run. <laughs> no, you can't cut, but you can have right. backseat. <laughs> exactly. You're absolutely right. Well, your mode of travel this week, you were at the UConn Notre Dame game in stores covering that. And you picked up uh, the podcast's beloved Miss Rowe from the airport. Did I you did. not? Yes. She, uh, she was... In Waco the day before. Actually, no, she was in Dallas because the Baylor game was at Cowboy Stadium. She flew in the night before the UConn um, Notre Dame game, landed at midnight. And so we live not far from the airport at all. So I went and I picked her up, you know, six hours of sleep later for her. And uh, we drive to stores. We drove to stores. It's a pity uh, that she's not on now so that she could give us an Uber confession of what it was like to have you driving her. Did you you ride in silence? Had she requested a silent trip? uh, Well, sort of, because I picked her up. She got in the car. And I haven't seen Holly in, in, you know, a couple of weeks. This is after we spend so much time together during the WNBA playoffs and finals, and we're talking constantly. So I pick her up, and it's eight o'clock in the morning and we're driving away and I just, you know, I was asking her how she was doing. I asked her how football was going. I think on, I asked her the third question. She looked at me. She said, it's 8.15 in the morning. I'm almost not awake yet. Can we slow down a little bit? Not my driving, but can I basically stop asking her questions? And I just started laughing. I said, I'm just excited to see you. I want to catch up and know what's going on. Um, and then the beauty was after the game, after you, after you got a, like a two-star rating? Yeah, after I got my two-star rating. Uh, when the game in stores finished, she was going back to New York City taking the train. So I drew her. The train station is actually, for the most part, on our way on my way home from Yukon back to where we live. So I dropped her off at, uh, at the straight train station. I sort of felt like a, a doting mother because when, I, when, I, when Holly got out of the car, you know, just... I hear this guy sort of yelling, um, maybe 30 feet away, and he's just kind of walking and talking and yelling to himself. Maybe he was on the phone with like an earpiece. I couldn't tell, but it was a little startling. So I sat there and watched Holly go into this train station. And then, you know, 20 yards behind her, I'm seeing this guy go in the train station too. So I immediately texted her and said, you know, I just saw that guy behind you. Are you okay? Do you want me to, I can circle the train station and come back and you can hang in the car until your train has to leave. So she texts me back. She's like, no, there's plenty of people in here. Everything's fine. But it was sort of like this vision of dropping one of our kids off when they're older for them to go off to college or wherever they would be going on, on the train. Um, and uh, <laughs> just just weird. Holly's probably like, no, the last thing I want is another hour with you asking me questions. Well, so she got on the train, went back to New York, I assume. Yes. And then this morning, you, were, you had taken my car yes. uh, to Gamble this morning. I drove our daughter to high school, and when I reached into the back, she got out of the car at the curb. I reached into the back seat to hand her her backpack, and I also said, is this is this bag yours? And she said, no, I've never seen that bag in my life. I said, okay, that's fine. And it turns out it was Holly's go bag. It was Well, it was her radio go bag. Okay. She has multiple bags because, like I said, I had picked her up at the airport. She had been on the road, I think, for a week plus. So it wasn't her bag full of clothes. It wasn't her bag full of work product, but it was this other bag and um, so I texted her and said, is this yours? And she said, oh, no, it's all of her radio equipment because she does a radio show on Sirius uh, XM. 
um, where she talks. I think Big 12, uh, this time of year, would be Big 12 football and Big 12 basketball, actually. And uh, and anyway, so I have her, equi- her equipment, like everything she needs when she remotely calls in. So um, I've got to get that overnighted to her. But yeah, the one thing that, that she left in the car. The one other thing, because Holly is Holly, and I'll repost this picture or retweet this tweet from Adam Amin, but... When I picked up Holly at the airport, she came out in three-quarter length, her new three-quarter length winter jacket, which is leopard print. And it is, it the material is like furry. It's fake leopard, of course, um, but it's furry and soft. And when we were at, watching the shoot-arounds at Campbell Pavilion, it w- Campbell was really, really cold. And so she was wearing this the whole time. And um, to the point where we're sitting there, we're watching, I don't remember which team we were watching, as we're preparing to call, you know, it ended up not being a really competitive, great game, but it's still the best rivalry in women's college basketball. So we're preparing for the next installment of the best rivalry in women's college basketball. And Holly is sitting there and Adam Amin as well, who's our play-by-play, trying to figure out what they're going to name her coat. (laughs) Name her coat. What they're going to name her coat. And they settled on Lucy. And um, Lucy since has a uh, an Instagram account and already has pictures um, with uh, Grant Williams from the Boston Celtics, has a picture with Katie Lou Samuelson, has a few other pictures that have been posted on her Instagram account. I think it's Lucy Leopard 7. I will find the exact Instagram account and put because it out there. Because there are six other Lucy want. Leopards presumably out there. That's exactly why. Um, I, lo- but- I, love, I love that you interjected that it was fake leopard. Fake that, that that Holly isn't going around traveling around the college football basketball and um, arenas of the nation wearing a, re- a real leopard <laughs> on her back with its own well, Instagram account. Fake, fake leopard fur. Uh, is there such thing as a real leopard coat? I'm guessing there, not. There are real leopards. Well, I know there's real leopards, but do you think they may, are allowed to make coats I out certainly of them? I certainly hope, hope not. not. Anyway. If anyone wants to follow that, but at one point, Holly, again, because it was really cold, she was across the floor at Campbell Pavilion, and this is the tweet that I'll retweet um, from Adam Amin, but she's wearing her leopard coat, and I I looked, and I said to Adam, I'm like, it kind of looks like a bathrobe, and he said, yes, from the Kimpton Hotel, (laughs) and you know how those- The hipster hotel, yeah. Yes, they have, their bathrobes look very much um, the way Holly Rose, uh, Lucy Leopard did, so- Anyway, these are the things that are going on as we're preparing <laughs> courtside. I'm sensing a Shark a Tank game. entrepreneurial uh, opportunity, the Holly Robe. Yes. Uh, 100% <laughs> fake leopard bathrobe. I love the idea. Today's an abbreviated podcast, but we will still, of course, have at least an abbreviated version of Viewer Mail. We're going to start with some that came in to Twitter, which is at Ball and Chain Pod. And this came in from Catherine. And she said, next time you and your family are in Boston, catch the Boston Pops holiday concert. It's great entertainment for the whole family. And I'm only bringing this up because our son, I coach our son's sixth grade basketball team. And, um... And they, we had our first weekend of games this past weekend, and um, I missed one of our games because I was calling the UConn-Notre Dame game. And I, not only did I miss the game, but the tallest boy on our team missed the game because he was at the Boston Pops. 
So whenever I think of Boston Pops, and every year this boy misses a game because he and his family, they have a great tradition where they go with his grandparents and go watch the Boston Pops. But but he's a pretty important piece to our team. So generally the Boston Pops concert means that we're going to get an L during that game. It's a pity that Greg Popovich has never or will never coach the Celtics. That is true. For that reason. Yes. Here's another one. This comes in from, uh, from Mark, our uh, re- resident statistician. Hello, Mark. He said, could we see a pic- picture of your show prep? Do you have a list of topics in front of you? How much prep do you do for an episode? Resident statistician wants to know, do we, do we even want to pull well, back this curtain and let people know what our prep in- it, entails? It, it would be very much like when Geraldo Rivera pulled back the curtain on Al Capone's vault right. and found nothing inside. There was, wasn't like there a like dusty one glass beer bottle, bottle yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's as much as you would find here. The show prep, believe it or not, this will come as a shock to people, to listeners. But there's very little preparation done for this this, this show. The show prep is you uh, printing out or saving emails so that we have viewer mail that we can read. Most of the time, um, when you read the viewer mail, it's the first time I've seen or heard it. Sometimes um, I've 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 speed read them in advance, ten o- minutes before. Oftentimes we you've recording. missed some important pieces to them. Almost always. <laughs> Almost always, and uh, and then it also consists of during the week if somebody um, if we hear something funny or if something funny happens especially if we're traveling we might jot down something in our notes folder but uh but that's about all of the the prep we put into mark the show. mark has uh has blown his mind that that meticulous preparation hasn't gone into this well-oiled machine of a show i think everyone's mind is blown uh this comes to us from uh, uh jeff in windsor our hollywood correspondent who's based in connecticut and jeff writes uh spotted at home depot and it's a photograph of a safe, kind of safe that you would lock your valuables in, but not just any safe. It says right here, it's a brand name, I presume, Bacon Safe. I love it. He found us the bacon safe we've been looking for. Fireproof, water-resistant, $50,000 fire protection guarantee. That's a good place to keep your bacon. It is a good place to keep your bacon. Uh, Mentioning bacon makes me think it was maybe what three weeks three podcasts ago that we talked about um about bacon and how to make bacon and me hiding the bacon and i'm just curious in the last three weeks how many batches of bacon you've made i haven't made any because you've been making them okay so it would be redundant for me to make any more bacon uh, Kevin writes the ball and chain pod at gmail.com whitey's in the news and he he uh encloses a link to White Castle is now selling at their website. Wait a minute. Did you just say Whitey's in the news? Yeah, Whitey's as a nickname for White Castle. No, I know. I just oh, think right, it's right, a bad yes, nickname. Yes. Well, <laughs> perhaps. I see where you're coming from now. Um, but he closed the link. White Castle's online sh- store is now selling the White Castle ugly Christmas sweater. And I have to say it's... White Castle has an online store. Well, that in, its, in itself is something for all your Christmas shopping needs. I don't know why I'm plugging them, but... Um, the, the the sweater is pretty awesome, I must say. They have an ugly Christmas sweater. They have an ugly Chris, Christmas sweater, and it's it's both ugly and and Christmassy um, and a sweater and really more white castly than anything else. So anyway, it, it has uh, fountain drinks, fries, box of nails, sliders, snowflakes on it, Christmas lights. It's your standard ugly sweater. I'm gonna retweet this. Um, it came in from Kurt, and his. Um, he is retweeting to me 
a tweet that was sent out by SI Wrestling. I didn't even know SI had a wrestling um, Twitter handle. But anyway, AEW's got a guy with a monocle now. This is a wrestler Who's with a sleeve a of tattoos on his left arm, a some sort of sweatshirt that's got the sleeves cut off, a handlebar mustache, and a monocle in his left eye. <laughs> I never thought wrestling and monocles is would it go me? together, but uh, because that. you know I, I may have told this on the show before, I may not have. Forgive me if I have. Um, when I did my one and only column on wrestling years ago in Atlanta, I asked the then world champion uh, title holder Triple H uh, what my wrestling name would be if I were to join WWE, and without hesitating, he looked at me up and down. He said, tall, skinny, bald writer. We'd put a little blue cap on you and call you the ballpoint pen. You could go around staining people. I love that. Triple H is uh, more clever than I anticipated. You're talking about Triple H. Um, Randomly, I was in studio on Thursday with Coach Landers, and I don't know how wrestling came up, but somehow it did, and he brought up how the wrestler Goldberg played football at Georgia where Coach Landers coached for over 30 years. And um, Coach Landers was talking about when his son was young, was a big wrestling fan. And uh, I don't know where they were wrestling. It must have been the Atlanta area. And he brought his son and daughter sitting front row watching the wrestling and getting spat on and sweated on and uh, just relaying that whole experience to me. And uh, it was televised, and he was just sitting there thinking if anyone was at home on television that could see Coach Landers, the respected coach of the Georgia women's basketball team, sitting courtside getting sweat sprayed on him from the wrestlers in the ring. Well, if he had taken his children to wrestling in St. Paul, the Civic Center, he would have been in danger of having potatoes uh, hurled at him from the upper reaches where my brother Tom and his buddies were, were lobbing potatoes into the ring so that they could then on a Friday night so that they can then watch on Sunday morning when it aired on Channel 9, seeing those uh, potatoes lobbed in the But our, my, one of our kids told me yesterday that you had frightened them with the news of a, a potato shortage and that there might be some kind of a fry famine. I had just seen a headline or heard somewhere, uh, maybe on a po- news part of a podcast, that there there's might be a potato, not a shortage, but whatever's going on with the weather um, where potatoes are grown, it has not been good. And as a result, um, the news story was there may be a French fry shortage. Of course, it wasn't. the story wasn't there would be a mashed potato shortage or a baked potato shortage because that's not what people consume in mass, but a, a uh, French fry shortage. That's not what they consume en masse. On, we, we, sorry, we have consumed masse. them in mass, right. right? En masse, not in mass. Which reminds me of a couple of years ago when we went to Christmas Eve mass and oftentimes a lot of uh, <laughs> first-time callers in there coming in with the... Uh, giant steaming cup of Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Remember that? Uh, yeah, it was Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Um, they did not have their Starbucks with extra room. Well, Ralph in Maryland doesn't have a bacon safe. And this is not exactly food hiding, he writes. But when my brother was two years old, he became an expert at covertly entering the kitchen, which had a hook and loop at the top of the door to, to lock it. Eventually, my parents determined that he would get the yardstick out of the hall closet, hoist it up to the hook, knock the hook from the loop, and gain entry. The truly devious part, of course, was to put the yardstick back where it belonged. What two-year-old has ever done that? Two-year-old. Explain this to me. What did kitchen he do? Kitchen door had a, had a, had a um, hook. 
Yes. It goes into a little eyelet thing, yes. you know, to, to keep it shut. Yes. He would get the yardstick out of the hall closet, put the, uh, bang the yardstick up into the hook to unlatch it and go through the door, and then return the uh, yardstick to the, the closet when he was finished. Why was he locked out of the kitchen, I suppose? just cause Why he was, was he locked out of the kitchen? Because he was two years old. and uh, I had to tiptoe into our kitchen and, and hope that the, the linoleum didn't creak and try to unseal the seam of the potato chips without anybody hearing. I mean, your parents would, my mom, would, you're going to spoil your dinner. My siblings would knock you out. It was a That was reminds a me, this morning when I, I came down, uh, it was before 9 a.m., and I heard what sounded like um, the cookie jar. But I don't think you were you eating a cookie no, no, of before not. nine a.m. Okay, you must have just bumped into it then. No, I, I was a little it was, startled. It was probably Jesse, who who our dog. our dog, who jumped up on the range yesterday and and ate the not inexpensive wooden spoon that I had used to stir the tortellini with. Yeah, ate it. And and because you love the dog so much and still resent me for getting you a dog for your birthday that year. I know about the spoon because someone put it on my nightstand. I came home from the Yukon Notre Dame game. I go in our bedroom to change, and sitting on my nightstand is a half-eaten spoon. You didn't want to just tell me about the spoon and throw it away. You needed to just you didn't even you didn't say a word about the spoon. You just left I, it I, on I, my I, nightstand. I tried shaming the dog with it to no effect, so I thought I would shame you, you with it. You thought you would shame me. I mean, that was unbelievable. Well, you know, Mark asked earlier about preparation for the show. I'll talk about this on, an, on another podcast probably, but it's really the after show that, that we ought to send people footage of. The after show consists of you walking away while I tear down the equipment, which consists of two microphones, some cable, two TV trays, and whatever else is down here. And, and it is classic, uh, perhaps not classic uh, across the board, TV talent in quotation marks, but... Um, you know, you you get out of there while while nine hundred other people are 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 uh, cleaning up after you. Just like with much of your writing and a lot of our podcasting, you're only telling half of the story here, because you often complain when I get up and leave, and all you have to do is it literally takes what three minutes to clean up. Less than that. Okay, but you're not telling the part that it's because I am taking the sound card and downloading the podcast so I can send it off to young Denny, the producer. So I am also doing my part. I'm just not doing the cleanup part. I'm doing more of the tech part. I think people would like to know that. Well, um, Dr. Gary Siegel has sent us a photograph. Uh, One more reason to love Holly, he says. This is available at Costco. I hope it's available at yours as well. It's good with crackers by itself as a sandwich or on top of ham. Don't tell our rabbi, please. Or with turkey in a sandwich. And it's a photograph, a screenshot of... uh, Holly's on Instagram, uh, a photo of palmetto cheese, the pimento cheese with soul, palmetto cheese with jalapenos. Has she uh, regaled you with the glories of this stuff? Oh, no, but she did. She was on Instagram talking about how have I never had this? This stuff is amazing. So, um, Well, Dr. Siegel is also a fan. I may have I may have asked her about it, and, and maybe that was one of the things she told me. All right, it's 8.15. I just got in the car. <laughs> Give me a minute to wake up. Uh, but Dr. Siegel doesn't just write in about cheese. He has some uh, medical expertise to dispense here. And, and as he's our resident uh, OBGYN, we, we need to listen. Podcast 104 began with the usual back and forth between the two of you, he writes, and soon devolved into a conversation regarding toenails and fingernails. You recall this, Rebecca? I do, yeah. While I'm no expert regarding this topic, he's quick to point out. I'm sure that you'll hear feedback from more informed viewers. As a medical correspondent, I may be able to shed some light on the topic. 
I'm listening. I don't want to shirk my duty to the podcast. First and foremost, and this may be TMI, a first cousin who was my best friend was also my college roommate during our senior year. He was guilty of clipping his nails in our apartment's family room, and yes, the clippings scattered themselves into the shag carpeting. Deal breaker? Please decide. After graduation, when we both went to the same medical school, we lived in separate apartments, yet remained lifelong friends until his recent untimely passing. Personally, I think that I successfully catch around 80% of my clippings. Uh, and those that fly away are hunted down from the bathroom floor with fury and keen eyes. On the other hand, Mrs. Dr. Siegel has regular uh, manis and petties. Rebecca kindly helps Steve out here if necessary, unless has no issue with errant clippings. Well, let me ask, is, is, is there more for that? Well, just the, metal, the malady with respect to the direction of toenail growth and the color of the nail that Rebecca described is likely onchomycosis, or simply a fungal infection of the nail. This typically causes hard, opaque nails with errant growth and is a difficult-to-treat condition. My father, of blessed memory, likely had this, and alas, the apple does not fall far from the tree, at least with respect to my left great toenail. I didn't realize it was called <laughs> the great toenail. The great toenail. It's like the Great Pumpkin or the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> yes, with the second toe. Is there a, now, is there a lesser a less the lesser nail Ursa I, Minor? I don't know. But if your second toe is for some people like me, their second toe can be longer than their first toe. Would that then become your great toe, or is the first toe the, always the great toe? Uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, the, Something the, the, that you're I'm the sure toe hierarchy. You're interested in. Well, here here's a question too, because uh, Doctor Siegel brings up the great point of manicures and pedicures, and um, I don't know if we've talked about this here or not, but pedicures are a delightful thing. I think we have talked about this, and I've never seen a man in my um, dad gets in a salon. Yes, you your know. dad gets them, and I remember. I think my, you know, I think my not, dad. Not just the toes, I think, but I think my dad or um, my mom may have gotten made my dad go with her at some point to get a manicure or a pedicure. Um, but what what is the reluctance of men to just have your treat, you know, your feet? A treat for your feet, basically. You get the the lotion. You get your calves. For me, it would be it would be the you get, the the lack get, of decided lack of treat. It would be for the person performing. Well, the, I the know, pedicure. but still, it's um it's a delightful experience that more men should enjoy. Well, lastly, uh, from Dr. Siegel, hello from Roswell, Georgia, uh, where he lives. To Victoria from Alpharetta, Georgia, which is a neighboring community of mine in the Atlanta suburbs. Other than her return flight, I hope that she and others involved enjoyed her trip to warm, windy, 80-something degrees Aruba as much as our family did when we celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary there many years ago. All the best from Gary with two R's. And lastly, lastly, uh, before we they play us out, Tom, Dick, and Harry have a Christmas show this Friday, December 20th. Is that a Friday? It is, isn't it? December 20th is a Friday, yes. At the Driftwood Char Bar in Minneapolis. So go see them live at 7 p.m., Tom, Dick, and Hari. Do you think they have Christmas standards that they play? We need to find that out because I'd, like uh, I'd like to hear what their best Christmas set is. Surely they have a, a novelty Christmas song in the works if they don't have one out already. Of course, they must. Do you have anything else to add, Rebecca? I don't have anything else to add, although I think next week's podcast is going to be particularly interesting. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. So on that note. Well, for, so for this week, let's leave extra room. Extra room, yes. So we can fill it next week. The extra room f- laden podcast? What would it be? Our extra room podcast. I'm not, I'm not sure how you can be laden with extra room. I know. That's a good More point. of nothing? That should be the name of our podcast. That should be the name of our podcast. This should be the title of all of our podcasts, More of Nothing. And on that note, Tom, Dick, Hari, the Yuletide version, play us out. Play us out of our misery. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fat. 
Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.